Hey, it's me, Nakia Nightshade, and you can feel the nightshade weekdays, Monday through Friday in the mornings and Thursday and Friday evenings. I'm always gaming, having a good time talking about the latest hot topics and some other interesting things. We have a great laugh while you guys watch me struggle, and you can always show your support by cheering bits, donating, or subbing to my channel. So check me out at twitch.tv slash Nakia Nightshade, and I'd love to see you there. Ah, yes, let's talk about sex. Oops. Hello. Welcome to the second episode of this week, Some Like It Hot. And we are going to talk about sex, 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 sex. Well, sort of. The absence of sex. But you can't have the absence of sex without the engineering of sex in the world, right? So first thing I want to say is I want people to know right away what role they're going to play in this conversation, who they are in this conversation. So for those of you who have been having sex consistently for the last 10 years of your life, um, whether it's with the same person or many people, then you'll, your role in this conversation is to listen to what it's like for people who are not as sexually active. And understand that you don't need to pity them and that there are plus sides to that lifestyle as there is to being sexually active, okay? And for those of you who are on the other side, who have not been very sexually active, whether you were single or in a relationship that just had no sex in it, or maybe you've just never had sex at all, your goal and your role in this episode is to listen and understand that just because people are overly sexually active doesn't always make them a bad person either and that there are pluses but there are also negatives to both so i'll start with the non-sexually active first because there's a lot less to say there right so First and foremost, for the people who have been called incels, I I do think that we tend to abuse words to hurt people all the time. Often, when I was growing up, you if you were considered a gamer, there wasn't even a term for a gamer. You were a nerd. <laughs> That's it. You played video games, you were a nerd. If you, you know play video games on a computer you were a super nerd there was nothing fabulous about it or glamorous about it there was no income to be made there were no you know um esports or televised programming or sponsorships you were just a nerd and a loser and so those types of words would be thrown at you to hurt you, even though it was something that you enjoyed or something that you chose to do. And sometimes in life, you didn't choose to be a nerd. You grew up maybe just being intelligent or not, you know, having to wear glasses. Oh, oh my goodness. How many people have been called nerds or four eyes for wearing glasses, but they really weren't any different than anybody else. They just had a problem with vision right? So these things get thrown at people consistently all the time to hurt them, to hurt their feelings. We use words as a means of attack um, and a way to gaslight people 
And so I do believe that calling someone an incel can often be used against someone who maybe actually chooses not to have sex. Maybe they're holding on to their virginity for religious reasons or whatever have you, right? So I do think it's unfair to call people that, especially when they don't choose it. You know, it is involuntary. Um, I've been accused of saying it. I mean, excuse me, I have I have definitely used that word in a negative manner many times, mostly in defense when I'm being attacked by uh, members of that group, right? The, the more vile, more extremist members of that group. But the reality is I do understand that there are extenuating, I think is the right word. I'm not sure if that's the right word, but there are external factors mostly um, that lead to why someone could be, you know, involuntarily celibate. You know, maybe you're not very attractive or you have an odd smell to you or your body type or, you know, all of the above. Maybe, maybe it's all of the above, baby. And it's hard to to attract a mate or sexual partner in that way. You can also be extremely attractive and become involuntarily celibate because you have horrible social skills. You know, I recently was interacting with a person who I found very attractive, disturbingly attractive. But this individual, as attractive as they were, was boring me to tears. They talked so much, and I know that's a lot coming from me, (laughs) but this person talked so much and never asked this question, uh, barely paused to eat or drink or breathe. (laughs) And I was just like, I'm not interested in this person for the simple fact that I can't, there's no communicating and there's no connection. So as good looking as the person is, if you can't find a connection with them, if you can't find a way to vibe with that person, um, they will find themselves involuntarily celibate very quickly. And and this person had communicated to me that they haven't had sex in a long time, they haven't been in a relationship in a long time, you know, that um, two or three of the people that they had met, you know, in other scenarios prior to meeting with me, um, had ghosted them. And the more I get to know this person, like, well, no wonder, because they didn't, they didn't think that you'd notice if they disappeared, because you never talked to, you never asked them a question. <laughs> you just kept talking, motherfucker. <laughs> so, um, you know, you can find your way, uh, or, or yeah, find, help yourself out of having a sexual experience just by not being sociable. It doesn't always have to be a physical issue, right? And so I think that it's important that people understand that when you are leaving a long-term relationship, especially one where you were the person who was monogamous, because I want to make it very clear, just because two people are in a marriage or a long-term relationship, that doesn't mean that both people were monogamous in it. You know, very often there's always one person who cheats. In many cases, both people do it, but I'm only going to focus on what it's like to be the person who who was faithful, right? And it doesn't mean that you had to get a breakup or a divorce. Maybe your partner died. You know, maybe they went to prison and it ended the relationship because you knew you would never see them again or something, right? Whatever the case may be, you've been in this monogamous relationship for, we'll say, five years. And after five years, you are now going to enter the world of dating again, which means you're going to enter the world of sex with someone. And I think it's important for people who maybe have not had sex yet or maybe have not um, 
experience what it's like to connect and only be with one person for a long period of time because those are actually very similar. I know that sounds like, wait, what? How is that similar? But it is. A virgin doesn't know what it's like to have sex with someone yet. I mean, they could see it, they can watch it, they can read about it, but you'll never understand until you're with them. Well, a virgin doesn't know what it's like to have that feeling happen right away. And then there's people who are having sex so frequently with strangers, they don't know what it's like to have that feeling of it being new and scary anymore. Because for them, it's so casual, it's a part of their weekend routine. They get dressed, they get ready, they go out, they get some shots in them, they're at the club, they got the ice spice, you know, (laughs) whatever, right? And they're not thinking about it and they're just hooking up. There's no more buildup for them, right? So they don't know what that feeling feels like. But if you leave that world behind and enter into monogamous relationship for an extended period of time, it, it's not that it re-virginizes you, but it does make that experience of hooking up with a new person after so long of having this one-on-one interaction with somebody else new and scary for some of us. You know, I can't, I can only give my opinion from the female point of view. I, I cannot wait to have a man on here. I've had, I've been having a couple conversations with some men who want to come on here and talk about this stuff. They've been listening and they can tell you maybe they feel different, but I can just tell you that for me, like I mentioned in the first episode or the second episode of this season, you know, I never once imagined that I would ever be with another man. And I know that's so hard for some of the people who know me from my past or people who see my videos online. You'd be like, yeah, right. I mean, look how you dress, look how you act. It's like, yes, but that's that's not that's not intimately me. In an intimate way, I have never imagined for even a second that I was going to kiss or have sexual intercourse at all with another man but the man that I married. And I, it was to the point where after being married for about four or five years that when I would go to like any male doctor at all for whatever, I mean, even when I had um, physical therapy, my physical therapist was a male, the slightest interaction with men, I was like, oh, 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 oh my, <laughs> I, I haven't had another man touch me down there and, you know, not down there, but like on my legs and stuff, you know, in, you know, five years, you know, just, just the same man. Which, of course, I want to make sure you understand for the other married person in your relationship, they feel that way too. But sometimes their emotions go in a different direction. So mine was like more playful, more like, oh, oh my. But for men who go see a nurse because they have to go to physical therapy and it's a woman all of a sudden go to, you know, whatever, right? They feel like, oh, I haven't had another person touch me in a long time either. And sometimes it intrigues them to continue further down that road. (laughs) So beware because that happens. But that doesn't mean everybody's like that. And for me, it was intriguing, but it didn't entice me. Right. Because I was just like, oh, okay, whatever. And so when you go for an extended period of time and you don't have sex with another person, it can be extremely scary to have your first intimate moments with a stranger now from what i understand 
once you break the seal, once you get back on the bike and start riding, it's, it's, you're fairly fine. You know, you're fairly fine. But there is going to be those moments where you realize, wow, like, that's it. The intimacy, the, the cone of silence, the bubble of protection, the monogamy that I once knew is over. It's over. And, and over for you, because once again, there's plenty of people who are in monogamous relationships who are cheated on. And so it was over for that person. Maybe it never even happened. And they weren't keeping you safe inside that cone. They were putting you at risk of exposure to who knows what. But in your mind and in your heart, you are not out there actively seeking other sexual partners. And when you finally find that moment, when that moment finally happens for you, it can be both elating and make you elated, excuse me, and also feel, I don't know, I don't want to say empty, but a moment of sorrow. You almost want to mourn the end at that moment more than when you guys broke up more than when you signed on the dotted line or whatever you know it's that moment of intimacy with a new person that really kind of seals the deal that's why I think it's it's um I think people don't realize I think cheaters excuse me don't realize how vile they really are when they violate long-term relationships marriage or not by having sex with someone else because for the other person the person who couldn't fathom letting another person even touch them the fact that not only did you do that but you did it behind their back and then came home to them it shows there's something lacking in you a moral code a, a heart, <laughs> something is lacking inside of you that should have set off some type of a alarm system in your heart and mind. You're doing something that's going to hurt the other person. This is monumental. This changes everything. This goes outside of the, the cone, the sphere, the, the protective circle. And it didn't. And that's what makes you so vile to the person and the people you hurt when you cheat. But I want to get into that. We'll talk about cheating another time. But that's, I just wanted to say that about, you know, people who are involuntary, least celibate, people who've been in long-term relationships and are not ready to take that next step. Don't worry. There is no timeline when you should start having sex with other people. If you want to wait a year, wait a year. You want to wait three years, wait three years. The only thing I will say to the people who are brokenhearted or coming out of a long-term relationship and are not, maybe think they're not physically ready to have sex yet, the only thing I will say is at least be actively looking at the menu. You don't have to eat at the restaurant. You don't have to buy things at the store. Just browse online. Just flirt with the idea. You know, just put yourself out there. Just see what they say. See what's popping. Nobody owes you anything and you don't owe them anything. 
But what you can do is just start to sort of put some coals on the fire (laughs) because the last thing you want to do is deprive yourself of a connection or physical stimulation with anything or with anything excuse me with anyone yes with anything I mean of course buy buy some toys by all means you know keep yourself sexually stimulated keep yourself um pleasured but you what you don't want to do is well one for the ladies out there you definitely don't want to dry up okay And two, you don't want to sit in a space where you're constantly thinking about what they're doing and what they did. And you will, because if you're not doing it, then that's what you're going to be thinking about is that they're out there doing it. And I'm talking from experience. You get to a point where you're like, why am I sitting here holding a candle for this person? Why am I sitting here, you know, saying I'm not ready, you know, because I, you know, I was safe, but were you safe? Were you really safe in that relationship? Maybe you got out. Maybe you're lucky because you got out before that person exposed you to something because there's plenty of women and men in this world who've had a partner, male or female, who has cheated on them, broke their trust and gave them all the diseases you name one, they got it. Okay. So don't fool yourself into thinking I'm going to just stay to myself because that will keep me safe from heartbreak and sexual disease and whatever. Yeah, you're right. But it'll also waste a lot of valuable time on this planet and you'll miss out on something. You really will. I'm not saying it's not a shit show out there because, oh my goodness, we are going to talk about what a shit show it really, really is. I promise you, we are going to get into that. It is a nightmare. I'm going to be reading to you next week on next week's episode, actual things that men and women say on the dating apps, mostly men. Unfortunately, I know it's going to seem a little one-sided, but It's kind of the men that say the most horrific things. When you break it down on either side, the women mostly say stuff that men get irritated by, like, I'm only looking for a man who's six foot and got a big bank account. Like, pretty much that's all that they say that's the most irritating. But the men are so much more colorful. Oh my goodness, they're so colorful. So we will talk about that. And it is a shit show, and I'm not going to lie to you, and I'm not going to kid you, it is a shit show. But do not sit back and wait year after year after year for Mr. Perfect or Mrs. Right, because that's going to waste a lot of valuable time in your life. You're not perfect. So stop looking for someone who is because you ain't. (laughs) I'm not. Right. So let's just be real. Call a spade a spade. Look for the red flags and keep it moving. Now to talk about the people who've been extremely sexually active. Hello. How you doing? You know who you are especially those of you that are friends of mine. (laughs) So the thing about the people that I know in my personal life that are extremely sexually active, that have been hooking up off of the apps, the one thing that I have found is that they hate it. Pause for reaction. They hate it. They, they talk a good game and they, it's, it's a lot like gambling. You know, you go on, what is it? Bumble and Tinder and 
Hinge and all these apps, right? And they have a lot of other ones that are like straight up hookup apps. I mean, some of these apps are like, basically, are you looking to, you know, have sex right now with a random stranger? Here's this app, especially in the gay community. They have Grindr for that, right? So the thing is, it is like going into a casino. It is a gamble and it can be addictive. I have seen people go through one nightmarish episode after a nightmarish episode of meeting people on these apps and yet they go back for more, more and more and more. And you were like, well, why would they do that? Because they're hoping that the next one turns out better. The next one is hotter. The next one is better in bed. And And so they keep rolling the dice. It's very addictive. And it is the number one cause for breakups and divorces in our generation. The only reason you're not hearing about it on a consistent level through mass media is because those companies make millions of dollars and they pay off the other companies to only advertise them. Why would NBC, ABC, CBS, MTV, VH1, any of those companies ever say anything bad about Match.com or Hinge or Tinder when those companies are consistently, even TikTok, these companies are consistently shoveling millions of dollars worth of advertising to those companies to promote them. They're not going to say anything negative about one of their biggest sugar daddies they're never going to. But those are those apps are the biggest contributor to why people are having such a hard time staying in loyal, loving, faithful relationships because they can go on those apps and swipe and swipe and message and find the next big thing, the next big deal, the next hot person and even though that person might be catfishing them or lying to them or wanting to set them up to rob them. Or, I mean, these are stories I've heard. Okay. Even though that could happen, especially men are the ones who are most susceptible to the apps because they're visual creatures. They're horny all the time. They, they get bored at work. They put the app on they see that some other girl matches with them who's really hot it sends an instant rush of instant gratification uh, dopamine endorphins to their system makes them think that they like that person makes them think that there's a connection all of a sudden and makes the other person who is so readily available to them seem less interesting seem less exciting and etc Okay. And so this is what's happening a lot. And so a lot of my friends, I get stories from gay and straight men, you know, went to this person's house, put my finger in, my finger came out and it had stink and slime on it. (laughs) Not kidding. (laughs) Went to this person's house and there they don't shave. And it was a big bush down there and I didn't know what to do. So I just ran out of the room, male and female you know, had sex with this person and it was terrible. Uh, hooked, this person wanted me to meet them at a restaurant. Then they changed their mind. We hooked up in a bathroom in, in a movie theater or something. Like, I, I'm telling you, I've heard story after story. You know, this person, you know, didn't look like their pictures. This person, you know, said they were going to meet me. They didn't. This person ghosted me right before after I spent two hours getting ready. I mean, the horror stories never end. 
But these are the people who are getting laid all the time. These are the non-incels. These are the people who are sexually active constantly. But to what, to what end? Because Houston, which is so funny because it's in one of the current rap songs. I can't remember which rap song it is, but you guys will know. There's a rap song that's out right now. And he's talking about, it's just Houston, baby. Everybody fucking everybody. You guys figure out what song it is. Let me know in the comments. Put it in my DM. Nakia Nightshade on Instagram. Nakia Nightshade on TikTok. Go to my LinkedIn. Nakia Nightshade, all one word. Let me know what song that's from. I don't know. I've heard it on the radio like 18 times by accident. But the funny thing is, he's not wrong. Everybody's fucking everybody in Houston. You know what else is happening in Houston? They have some type of Mach 5 level gonorrhea. They have some exclusively bad levels of herpes. And syphilis has made a comeback in Houston. They're out of control with the STDs there. So, yes, everybody is fucking everybody and they're passing the diseases along, which has been a legendary issue in Atlanta because Atlanta is the capital of DL black males. Capital in the United States of America. There are so many gay men there that there's gay men that are still hiding in the closet, even though there's so many out gay men in Atlanta. In Atlanta, there's so many men having sex with men in Atlanta that they're ha- they're having sex with women in Atlanta, <laughs> and the, and a lot of the women know it, and it's passing along all types of STDs. And of course, I'm not going to give into the stereotype that it's most you know gay gay guys are passing it only along. It's not just that, but Atlanta, Houston, mostly in the black community. STDs are on the rise. Why is that happening? Well, it's because of exactly what I just said, the apps. But instead of it being just Tinder or just Grindr as the issue, it's worse than that. What's happening is people are meeting on the dating apps and sometimes on, you know, regular apps like Instagram and Twitter or whatever you call that now. And they're asking one very specific question. Do you make content? Do you want to make content with me? Which is 2020s speak for, do you want to make porn? Because now we have so glamorized porn that we've given it a new moniker. And we've made it into this monetization of everyday sexual with everyday people. And so now you can't even trust that your man could go to a bachelor party and not end up being in a porn. Why do I say that? Well, I happen to know a guy who went to a strip club near me and said that he didn't take any of the strippers home. However, one of them gave him her number And said that she wanted him to make content with her for her OnlyFans, which means porn. So now, in a world where back in the day, it was like kind of a joke, you know, the guys would go into the champagne room, but you know, nothing happens. No sex in the champagne room. Well, now these guys have way more of a chance of getting hooked up with the strippers if they're cute enough, because the strippers are actively looking for good looking guys with moderately sized penises to help them make content so they can make money on the internet doing porn. 
So now having sex isn't just something that you're doing randomly because of the addictive swipe issue. It's not just something you're doing because you're dating. It's not just something that you're doing because you, you know, you want to, or maybe you have a sexual issue. Now people are doing it because it's a moneymaker for everyday average people. Just recording themselves on their phones, making porn and beware because maybe you don't want to record yourself having sex. Maybe you don't want to make content, but if you think you like someone and you think you're having an intimate monogamous relationship with them and they are filming you, there is a high probability that they are going to take that footage and they're going to sell it, that they're going to post it online. And I would even want to tell you, be careful if you are hooking up with someone and you don't actively think you're being recorded, you better look. Look for those mini cams. Look for those little pen cams. Look to see if their phone is standing up on the dresser facing the the, the bed or whatever, because people are constantly trying to find some type of sexual niche. They can sell it. You know, you think, oh, well, the footage is far away, so whatever. They can kiss my ass if they're going to do that. No, they'll use it as hidden cam sex. They'll do bathroom cam sex. How many times have you seen on the news guy was arrested for putting cameras in female toilet at the Starbucks he works at? Yeah, sometimes it's just because he's trying to make money off of it. So we live in very different worlds, all of us. Some of us are think we're in monogamous relationships. Some of us are choosing to be celibate. Some of us are not choosing to be celibate. Some of us are actively having a healthy sex life and some of us have gone overboard to addictive sexual activities or monetizing our sex life. That is the world we live in today. And hopefully I will be able to help you guys navigate it episode by episode. And I cannot wait to have my first guest come on. I'm not going to tell you when, but they will be here soon. And we are definitely going to break down some serious stuff (laughs) having to do with what it's like to date in that kind of world. So I had to fit a lot in in 30 minutes, but I think I did a pretty good job. If I left anything out or there any questions you want answered, please feel free to message me. And I look forward to talking to you guys again next week. I really enjoyed doing these two episodes a week. I hope you're enjoying them as well. And until next time, keep it hot.